and boom goes the dynamite. Welcome to episode 84 of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how you doing, man? Jeff, I am here in sunny East L.A. I'm in my Nissan Skyline. I have a Corona logo painted over my hard seltzer. Uh, I'm, I'm here <laughs> with my family. And I'm ready for a both fast and furious episode of this podcast. Uh, I'm going to guess you went to the movies this weekend, then. I The movies are back, Jeff. The movies are back. Uh, yes, I saw F9, uh, actually shortly before AEW uh, Dynamite on Saturday night. Uh, and it was awesome. I won't, of course, will not put any F9 spoilers uh, in here for any listeners who have not seen the movie yet. What I will say is, it rocked. It was awesome. I had a blast watching it. If you know you're in a position where you can, you know, safely go see this movie in a theater, I couldn't recommend it enough. I uh, had an absolute blast uh, at the movie theater seeing F9. Uh, see that movie? Yeah, ruled. Um, of course, you know we we, we would, be, would be remiss if we did not mention our, uh, our our stable mates here on the PWOM podcast network. Uh, Dave Ryan of of uh, Days of Thunder and Chris Damaseno of my other podcast, my other other podcast, uh, Strong Style <laughs> Story, formerly um, the Sari podcast. Yes, uh, yeah, it used to be my main show, and now it's like <laughs> I think this one has taken over <laughs> my uh, my main taking over everybody's time and energy, and you, the listener, are you listen to every episode twice? Of course, I already know that. And if you haven't listened to it twice, go listen to your episode the second time. Why not? But um, anyway, they are, of course, doing a series on the, on this uh, network called The Cast and the Furious. They just yes. dropped one earlier this week uh, and, uh, you know, going over uh, Tokyo Drift and Fast and Furious. Yeah, so, we are we, we are busting up into the PWM podcast network like the fake Razor Ramon and fake Diesel of the network. <laughs> We're just coming in and stopping all over this gimmick and talking about Fast and Furious. Uh, I won't be because I haven't watched any of those movies since the original Fast, the Fast and the Furious. So. Which I did. Uh, I will say I rewatched the other day. Still great. Uh, still one of my favorites in the entire franchise. It really is. Uh, uh, it's Point Break. It's Point Break with Cars. You know, I, I always latched on to uh, the the Nicolas Cage version of Gone in sixty seconds more for a really dumb reason. But but I mean, those are way different movies. Actually. Right. But if you know me, you'll understand why. When I tell you what the reason is. Is it Delroy Lindo? 
It is not Delroy Lindo. Okay, because if it was Delroy Lindo, I'd understand. It is Christopher Eccleston. Okay, that's also fair. Because, of course, he is also yeah, the, the, the best Doctor Who that ever was. So, so what you're saying is if Paul Walker had ever been in or near a TARDIS, that uh, you could have, well, you know, maybe Paul Walker is, you know, alive. Maybe he's in space. Yeah, he could be. He could be a Time Lord for all we know. Maybe he, he didn't. Maybe he didn't die. He just regenerated, and you know. Maybe he regenerated. Oh, you know. Uh, with that. <laughs> anyway, uh, with that in mind, uh, by all means, please listen to the Cast and the Furious uh, after you're done listening yeah. to to this episode, of course, because uh, uh, Paul, did you watch Elevation or Dark this week? No, I was rewatching Fast and Furious films. <laughs> okay, well, fair enough. Well, with that in mind, we go. And another thing I'll say, and there's a, you know, the, the, the first episode of Cast and the Furious is about the first two Fast and Furious movies. Uh, two Fast, Two Furious also rules. I think it's underrated. A lot of people consider that like the bad one, and I think, much like season two of The Wire, they're incorrect. People think season two of The Wire was bad? Oh yeah, season two of The Wire is, is pretty pa- widely panned. I think wow, I thought, that was, I thought it was fantastic. Well, well, you know, we're white boys, so, like, that's probably, like, there's, I think that's a lot to do with it, especially me, like, being of, you know, uh, of Polish descent, uh, Detroit and Baltimore, very similar cities, you know, socioeconomically, and uh, they're uh, seen around, you know, organized crime and stuff, and the uh, involvement of the Polish community uh, in that world, I thought, was uh, really interesting. Uh, in that season of The Wire without getting too deep into it. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I thought, yeah, I mean, well, and plus, that was the season that actually used, you know, Tom Waits's, you know, version of... That was the one that used Tom Waits's version, yes, and it is very good. Yes. Although I love it, I, I like the season one one a lot. The uh, the blind, uh, Alabama Blind Boys Choir, is that what that is? I think so, yeah. I mean, they're very so, good. So one time, I we were uh, going to Mitsuwa, the Japanese market in... Uh, here in the in suburban Chicago, and there was like a flea market type thing outside, and uh, uh, among the things I picked up on there were a shit ton of single issue copies of Alan Moore's uh, Wildcats run, but also I picked up like four DVD sets. Like I, I'm missing one of the seasons. I don't know. I don't remember which season I'm missing. But I picked uh-huh. up like four DVD sets of The Wire for like, you know, that's a steal, how I actually so. watched The Wire. Is I bought an entire series box set while I worked at Best Buy because uh, I got a discount on them. So I bought the whole series box set and watched them all that way. And with that, we go live today. Wait, wait, before you go, I just before I get this out of here, <laughs> like, what if Alan Moore had a Lolcats run and he was just like made books of like cat memes? Wow, you know what? I don't know. You know what? Those might be some of the wordiest cat memes ever. If Alan Moore were to sure, do well. <laughs> well, some of the most some of the most wordy, esoteric, mind-expanding uh, cat memes yes. ever. A uh, a a deep look into uh, having a cheeseburger and the uh, the consequences therein. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, true because he is of course. He has cheeseburger. He, 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 well, he's been vegetarian since like yeah, I mean, the that's 70s. That's kind of so, what you know. like, is about, right? Like when you're like an immortal, like you already has cheeseburger. So like, what do you do now? <laughs> oh goodness me! <laughs> of course, that would also require Alan Moore to go on the internet. So, <laughs> you know, that would uh... Alan, Alan log on. So look, if Al, if we only show Alan Moore cat memes, I think he'd be fine with the internet. Alan, go on Chapo. Oh wait, he already did, didn't he? He already did. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
You know, we we bring up Alan Moore a lot for a wrestling okay. podcast. All right, Alan, it's time. Go on, come down. You got to do it now. Oh no! God, no! <laughs> oh no! You said you you said the words. Oh God! You actually said the words. Pandora's box. Oh God, Paul, why, why, Paul? You know, uh, you know, as a person who listens to that podcast a lot, it's a lot more about wrestling than you expect it to be. It's wild how much they bring up wrestling. Oh but my anyway. goodness! <laughs> yeah, speaking of that, let, let's get to some wrestling live from Daly's place in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, for uh, episode eighty-four of AEW Dynamite. Your host, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur are. Final of these uh, in the month of June of these special shows. Why our our entire yeah, schedule has been borked up for the entire month of June. They have indeed borked up the schedule. I think that's probably a good descriptor. It's quite borked up. Like I mean, yeah. I, like I mean, I, I'm even like so far behind today because of this now. And, and like we and we talked about this uh, was that last week. Like now we go into a July that's just all special events. So it's like you can't even really get your bearings going. There's like no return to. There's one regular dynamite this coming Wednesday, and then a month of specials. Yeah. So, so it, yeah, it, a lot going on this summer. It is an active AEW summer, which you know I guess for the best for them. But you know again, exhaustion is I I would still say a worry, but people seem to be enjoying it. People are really you know riding the high of returning to the live crowds, uh, you know packing shows again. So hey, if they keep getting this kind of energy, which uh, means. Yeah, I mean, we've used the BTS theme like twice in the last five months, I think. I listened to Butter like uh, two or three times on the way to and from uh, going to CF9 yesterday. <laughs> it's a jam, dude. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, so now I have a whole month of having I mean, to this find... This is an army podcast, right? Like, just because by by virtue of how often we use the theme, like, we this is an army podcast now. Yeah, well, not... Well, but that's the problem. We haven't used it, is the... I'm like, Wednesday is going to be the first time we've used it in oh, yeah. a month. <laughs> the return to normalcy. Yeah, and then I have to come up with, and then we have like four weeks of special themes again, theme music songs again, because. Returns to normalcy. Did you see the hero of the night in the front row with the uh, Joe Biden 2020 shirt on? I did see him. I, I I'm gonna Don't point out. I'm gonna, you know what? I, I'm just gonna spoil one thing. Everton fan was uh, off the chain tonight. Oh yeah, I don't know Everton fan. Who is Everton fan? Uh, he's the guy who's always on ca- getting caught on camera wearing an Everton jersey. Oh, okay, that would make sense. Yeah, you know, like you I know, hat guy. He's the guy who like wears a hat. Jersey. So if you were to, yeah, I guess I'm not surprised by who that guy is. Okay, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's it, 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 he does what he says on the tin. Anyway, the is show the same Everton jersey, or does he rotate Everton jerseys? Does he have like a particular player's jersey he's no, wearing? He, or... uh, I don't know if he has a particular player, but no, he does rotate the jerseys because I, you know, sometimes he's wearing an away shirt, so you know. Right. And in fact, does he I, have a schedule or like a reasoning behind it? Does he have like a like a hey, I, I wear the Everton, I wear like a home for these shows and away for these shows? I have no idea. I I, I have not figured out a rhyme or reason. And if I, I first... lore, man, I've been watching these Fast and Furious movies. I got all this lore in my brain. I was thinking about a song of ice and fire this morning. I need I need lore. Give me Everton fan lore. <laughs> Everybody has to have lore. I need backstories. I need where they came from. I need where their parents are from. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll, okay, I'll, get, I'll give you a planet where everyone has an Everton fan thing. Are like his people, like all different types of soccer fans? Is it like a George Lucas situation? Come on, I need some more info. Uh, I'll give you some Everton lore. The you know the 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 tower that is on the uh, that is on the the Everton badge. Okay. Uh, it is only about uh, chin high. Oh. Wow, that is kind of interesting. So it's like the uh, like, like the Spinal Tap Stonehenge kind of thing, like they got pretty the much, yeah. 
they, they said 10 feet. They put the two, the two inch, the inch mark yeah. on it and set the foot mark. And uh, nobody yeah. knows who they were or what <laughs> they were doing. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in a while. It's so good. <laughs> what I want you to do, I want you to kick my ass. Love a mockumentary. We need like a Christopher Guest style wrestling mockumentary. Ooh, boy. Christopher Guest, uh, like independent wrestling, or like about the territories in the seventies. Oh my God! That you know what? Here's the problem, though. How do you do that without being too on the nose? Oh no, you make it incredibly on the nose. I mean, <laughs> there's no, there's no subtlety about that. That's why it would be so much fun. You know, I, I'm just going to point out we are nearly 12 minutes into this podcast. Uh, actually, probably more if we count the theme music, and uh, we have not yet talked about AEW at all. So. With that in mind, the show opens up with uh, Sean Spears attacking Sammy Guevara in the uh, in the parking lot. The chair guy. The chair guy using a chair. The chair, guy, the chair person. I wonder if anything's. I wonder they call they, him Mr. Chairs. I wonder if anything's going to come of this. I think maybe more chairs, Jeff. Perhaps. Perhaps there I will think be probably more chairs. Chairs will be had. We then go into our first match of the evening: Adam Page versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, Taz joins on commentary for this one. Um, I thought this one had a little bit of a slow start, but it was uh, it was pretty good. I a little, think. but Adam Page is like Mister First Match of the Night now. Like he's such a good show opener, like so reliable. Like if he's the first entrance music of the night, you know you're gonna get a great pop from the crowd. And uh, I think he's a really great guy to get the ball rolling. Uh, wrestles big. This is something that really stood out in this match to me with Will Hobbs, like another big guy. Adam Page is not like a huge guy, right? He's not a small guy, but he's not a huge guy. But uh, something I'm really excited to do, I get to compare Hangman Adam Page to Macho Man Randy Savage today Uh in that he wrestles much larger than he is. Something that Randy Savage was maybe the best ever at doing. Like, if you look back on the Mega Powers and you think of, you know, Randy Savage's heyday, you think of him as a man of the same stature as people like Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior and, like, the guys he was wrestling with. He was nowhere near as big as those guys. But he wrestled big. I mean, he was pretty big. I mean, he got pretty big, though. No, but he was not as as tall. And you can't just get taller. You can't work out to be taller. Uh, right. But he, he wrestled big. He wrestled large. He looked large. You know, he's famous for standing on the balls of his feet a lot, doing small things to make himself bigger. But Adam Page, in you know, bell to bell especially, wrestles like a big man. Uh, he's athletic, but he wrestles big, and you know that shows out in a match with a guy like uh, Will Hobbs, where this kind of felt like a like a legit hoss fight. And you wouldn't think of Hangman Page as like a big hoss guy, but he can have these types of matches. Right, and uh, during the match, of course. Uh... Page gets slammed into the ring post and uh, kind of goes hard way uh, a from hard the a little, little back of the head blood there. Yeah, that was uh, that was something. On the same night as uh, Vasily Lomachenko got cut on the top of his head from an inadvertent headbutt and still just beat his opponent into the fucking ground. Uh, is this <laughs> was boxing or MMA? Days. Boxing. So uh, we were watching. Uh, so I was in the hospital yesterday with my son because he had his infusion, and uh, we were. And we had watched uh, Wales versus Denmark, which that reminds me, I think a match has just kicked off. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Uh, Netherlands and Czech Republic have just kicked off as we speak. So Denmark's going to get the winner of that. Sorry, Denmark. And, um, you know, Denmark whooped Wales' ass, but right afterwards it went into boxing. And it was like, my son was like, no, I don't want to watch wrestling. I said, I said, this isn't wrestling. It's on ESPN. 
what is it? <laughs> and there's four ropes. I said, oh, is it boxing? I go, yeah. He's, he goes, man, turn this off. I go, why, you don't like boxing? He goes, no, man, that's something rappers and YouTubers do now. <laughs> uh, that's, and this is what boxing gets. This is what it's decided to become. Uh, and this is what you get. You're going to, you know, capture new fans from it, but you're going to get a lot of that reaction as yeah. well. Um, interesting coming from, you know, something uh, from your son's generation uh, of that, because you would think that they're making that pivot specifically for that demographic. Right. Interesting to hear some some not uh, warming up to it. Right. But, you know, also, we I think we all know from, you know, now it's become totally clear from that that Mayweather versus uh, Lou and Paul fight that, yeah, it, it, it's just faker than wrestling now. Too, Some so. of it absolutely can be. Vasily Lomachenko, you know, legitimately one of the best boxers in the world, uh, you know, world-class talent and a guy you should, you know, try to watch when you can. And, yeah, had a, a absolute, absolute beating uh, of his 13-1 uh, previously opponent. You know, like really tough guy, but not even close. Levels to this. Let's get back to wrestling. Hangman Page. Yes, and uh, at one point uh, we get Ricky Starks and, and Hook Tazson coming out with the FTW belt, which uh, last I checked didn't belong to Ricky Starks. Uh, Brian Cage comes out. And, you know what did belong to Ricky Starks is that incredibly tailored suit. You know, he, he still got the drip. Ricky He's, Starks caked up. Yes. Or coked up. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, the, the squats are working. The suit of the cut uh, accentuates. The, 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 cut the, the cut of the suit, you mean? Ass. I just... I'll just be Ricky Starks has a great ass. <laughs> Tell oh me God. I'm wrong. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I'm not an ass man. Unlike if you, unlike if you. you think I'm wrong, you can tell me at BGTD podcast, but I don't expect to get any uh, any disagreements. Uh, Brian Cage does come out, and uh, they get into a shoving match. Uh, Cage takes his belt back, and uh, which allows Adam Page to set up a uh, a dead eye. I remember when that used to be called. Uh, uh, Oh, right of passage and uh gets the win with that. That has a better name. What right of passage? It is. It is a better name. But it doesn't make sense now. So. Long long name moves, not for it. Well, no, it makes no sense because it, it had to do with uh when he was part of the decade in uh in Ring of Honor, so uh, in his pre bullet club days, so uh after that we get a um, a vignette uh, a, a video vignette uh, about the main event tonight, Kenny Omega versus uh, Jungle Boy, uh, that they riffed on Brody Lee for. Yeah, I mean, you know, something that uh, is important to mention, the last time Dynamite was on a Saturday night, literally what I still consider to be the best segment to date in AEW Dynamite's history took place. Brody Lee winning the TNT Championship and the subsequent beatdown of Cody Rhodes and the Nightmare Family still think it's the best thing they've ever done. I mean, that was so a good is, one. <laughs> so, so, to, so to bring that up and say this is a big potential to fill, they're right. <laughs> I mean, do we know that? Correct. It's, yeah, did, did we know that it wasn't going to happen? Probably. Of course, but that's fine. Don't never go into something expecting it to be the best thing that you've ever seen. Like, I mean, come on. Well, no, I, well, Don't do that to yourself, right? Right. Uh, I mean, yeah, though, I, you know, when you put that way, though, yeah, that – my, that was definitely top three all-time dynamite segments in the history it's, of the show. It's number one with a bullet for me. I can't. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head even one that I would say was that close. I think it was far and away the best thing they've done. I, I I would need to put some thought into it honestly, but that definitely that one definitely makes the list. Uh, we then go to uh, another video vignette with uh, the Young Bucks with Brandon Cutler 
And uh, this was kind of whatever. Sort of with Brandon Cutler. Sort of. Sort of Brandon Cutler. Skulking in the background. Was, was told to shut up multiple times. Yeah. But then he yeah, said the, something. But then he said something, and the Bucks are like, oh, you know what? That's actually pretty good. Yeah. And the Bucks just uh, really, really, really being as, as as insufferable as they can. Like, they're just, like, in, in the lab with a, with a notepad being like, how can we be the worst? And throwing everything at the wall, man. I, I really respect it. I think they're... Uh, they they've leaned into this character change and really really dedicated hard to it. And yeah, it's worked. It's absolutely working because everybody fucking hates them. Yeah, they, including me. I fucking hate them. I can't stand these guys. I mean, I've always been pretty vocal that I thought that they were irritating shits, but you know, now at least they're leaning into now it. You know, into the fabric of their character and actively a part of the storyline. Uh, yeah, we're really somewhere with it. Well, at least you've you've moved on from your 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 previous uh, Young Bucks riff. So, I'm they still. I mean, uh, tell me that guys that look like that have ever once fucked. Ever. <laughs> I thought that was. I I thought that was the entire story of the 1970s. I but no, in the 70s, people definitely fucked. Uh, right, but with people who look like that. No, no, they didn't look like that. I mean, you oh, know, I beg to differ. Style, not like that. <laughs> I, I beg to differ. There's only two young bucks. There's only two guys that look like that, and it's those guys. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> only two guys look like that, and it's them. Um, we then go to an in-ring s- segment between uh, Tully Blanchard and uh, Conan El Barbaro, uh, making his return to AEW. Um. They uh, they jaw jack back and forth. Conan uh, was kind of on it tonight. I thought. Kind of. Okay. Totally. Totally on it. How about that? Kind of. Yo, Conan reminding everybody why he's a goddamn legend. Like he just came in here to already one of the hottest angles on the show, right? Like as far as the inner circle versus the pinnacle go, uh, this is the 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 pairing off that everybody wants to see. This is the actual wrestling match that the people want to see as part of this feud already white hot you don't have to do anything to really make it hotter and conan just came in and poured fucking rocket fuel all over it <laughs> like this like got this thing over even further which not no small task and he did it almost effortlessly uh cut an absolutely uh, fantastic promo which included some very important truths on national television that you definitely won't see other wrestling shows address on tv at least not that are getting a million viewers all right such as such as the likelihood of a person of color to be uh, incarcerated being five times higher uh, than that of their white counterparts. Oh, that that much. Oh, yeah, he did, he did drop that truth bomb. He fucking said it, and he's right, and it's important to be addressed. And I and to uh, uh, you know make the narrative and the point of this promo to address the inherent white privilege of, of being FTR and Tully Blanchard in the first place, despite what they have to say about their upbringing. Uh, I mean, wow. It really worked. Uh, it, he's right. It was all true, but also uh, it all served this narrative really well. And then uh, it finished incredibly strong. Uh, FTR did a great job selling their uh, sauntering out there, looking like uh, Santana and Ortiz in the masks. And I, you know, until they came up on the screen, I did, you know, they had me. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, and then of course they uh, do the uh, what, what do they call that uh, that pile? They're calling Goodnight Express. I That's think. right. I forgot no. about that. Yeah. I, or are they calling the other move Goodnight Express? Oh, shit. Now I don't remember. Because it's been so long since FTR actually had a match that I can't remember now. 
keep them out of the ring has been really good. Like they're they're not wrestling unless it's for this or for championships. Right. Because they're tough guys, and I think that really works. Like they don't need tune ups; they're already the best. And I think that's uh, that's good shit. And then you know they're they're in deep into that pinnacle inner circle stuff. Also, as part of this segment, we came to realize that yeah, Jim Ross really had absolutely no idea what the fuck he was saying all night. <laughs> He was. Uh, well, he did. He when he was working with Callus at the end, I thought he was pretty good. Like him and Callus had some good reps. He was good at uh, at berating and being and like him and, and Callus worked off each other pretty well. I but he so was fun. just a rambling. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Pro- probably mostly due to Jr. stuff. I tune out the commentary a lot, man. Like I miss a lot of stuff that they say uh, because I just not listening. Like if Excalibur like comes in and says something important, or like if Shivani's in there, but like. Most of it, I do tune out commentary a lot more often than I used to. Yeah, yeah. Jim Ross needs to go. Yeah, <laughs> he, he needs to go. I'm sorry. I it's just this, I want to beat this uh, this dead Oklahoma horse, but yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> sometimes. Uh, our second match of the evening, Dante Martin, who I guess uh, Darius Martin is worse off than we thought. At this point. I think he's pretty, yeah, he's uh, got something going on. Yeah, uh, versus uh, Matt Seidel. And the match starts with uh, a bit of a damp squib with Vicky Guerrero interrupting, trying to bring out Andrade El Idolo, which, okay, that's cool, but it really served nothing because Matt Seidel comes out to his music Ah, with, 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 with creepy Mike Seidel in tow as but well. Jeff, that's what it did serve. Uh, that is uh, that is your that is your little glimpse at uh, Andrade El Idolo's next test in the ring. Methinks. Uh, I mean, you may be right, but that's, um, what, that's what I'm. I, I'm going to fully expect Andrade El Idolo's next match to be against Matt Seidel. And uh, you know what? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, probably. Absolutely. But I mean, it it didn't it didn't enter into this match though is the point. Give me that as like a, as like a show opener or like a, a second hour uh, special and yeah, I'm really into that. But yeah, no that that was the, that was the whole purpose of doing this creepy Mike Seidel man. I, like every time you say that, I think of like a, a classically creepy like in the sense of like a, like he's got like a big trench coat on and like that like the, like kind of looks like a spy versus spy. <laughs> kind of deal every time he walks they're playing that like one music right he just comes up hey hello jeff i am creepy like say that i'm going to creep on you and do yoga creepy yoga i do yoga so i can conceal myself better in corners. <laughs> you know, this show really did take on a different dynamic when Chris left and you came on. You know, it really did. Shout, shout out Chris. No, but I love Chris, but I mean, this really, it really did become a different show, though, from, from, from Strong Style Story, you know? Say what? Remember when this was a wrestling podcast? Yeah. Boy, those were the days. When this was a wrestling podcast. Oh my goodness gracious! Lemonade, remembering the, the glory days of when this was a wrestling podcast. I still think that I still think the all-time bit that we've done that has happened since you came on the show was the uh, 
the uh, the the Joe Exotic Vince McMahon bit. And we're we're still chasing that high. We really we're are. Chasing, still chasing uh, the Joe Exotic wrestler and Vince McMahon's new favorite character. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, I, I I can't realize I also cannot do Vince McMahon's voice as well as you do. So it's, well, the thing is, and especially as I age, it becomes more of a strain to do vocally. So I try to keep it to a minimum because it, it does like get to me, and I don't want to burn my uh, my throat out while we're trying to do this podcast. Well, right, because I would take away from your uh, your your death metal gig. Absolutely, and you know I got to get out there and pay the bills. But I'm I'm part of a band that. You think you know the name of it, but like it's the lettering is like that one kind that you can barely make out, so you don't actually know. But it says blood somewhere. Right. Well, you know, I, I, I one of my favorite memes is the uh, one of my favorite memes is the uh, you know the 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 pile of uh, of tree branches and twigs and all that. And it says, oh, "Here's my new band logo." <laughs> new band, yeah. yeah. That's, and that's what that's what my band logo is. So I actually don't even know the name of it because I've only seen that logo. So. I'm not really sure, but I think I think there's blood in there somewhere. Uh, can we talk about how good Dante Martin is? I think is? there's actually check out my new single. I think there's blood in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, can we talk about how good Dante Martin is? Dante Martin's really good, Jeff. He's really good. He is really uh, I, I fucking good. Fully why they're keeping him front and center while Darius nurses this injury. Obviously, he's still treading water, and they don't really have a lot for him creatively. But to keep him working, keep him wrestling, he's twenty years old. Twenty. Twenty. Yeah. Uh, full extension. Uh, the way he gets up on them with his moon salts and um, God, what was that especially? The, the sunset flip. Fantastic sunset flip, one of the best I've seen in a while in this match. Mm-mm-mm. And Matt Seidel, a great veteran opponent for a guy like Dante Martin, made him look like a million bucks. Yeah, I mean, no, this I thought that so was big a big really... credit to Matt Seidel for uh, for giving Dante a great match, a match in which Seidel did win, which I expected. Uh, you know, again, Seidel is you know a little bit higher on the card right now. Dante, you know, he's going to be doing stuff like this until Darius gets back. But that's fine. Let him keep working. Let him keep getting the, getting that stuff in. You know, he's going to get so much knowledge and, you know, learn so much from and take so much away from matches like this. A motivated Matt Seidel is a beauty to behold, is it not? Oh, yeah. he's uh, He seems to really be enjoying this particular role they have for him. And that's, you know, he, what's his role? He gets to go out there and just have good matches with good wrestlers, which seems to be right up his alley. Uh, we then go backstage for an interview with Jungle Boy, which is interrupted by Christian Cage because Christian Cage just likes to show up in other people's interviews nowadays. I guess he's got, he a, got a bunch of advice. He's a, you know, another veteran who's you know got things to say. He's got advice to dole out. You know, sometimes it's while you're talking to a camera, which you know that's something old guys do. They don't care if you're busy. They just walk up. Hey, come on over here, young man. Pull up a stump. Let me tell you something. <laughs> tell you something about life. Oh boy. Uh, we think. We then get a uh, a merch deal from. Well, I got well, to talk about Christian Cage's uh, actual advice for Jungle Boy, which was invent a type of guy to get mad at. <laughs> yeah, which is Twitter, basically. So go like, yeah, he was is like, what he said. Just post your way to to championships, which I respect and support. Holy, you you, you <laughs> are a, a you are a big proponent of posting. So getting mad at people, inviting people to get mad at one of my personal favorite things to do. Have at it, JB. Let's go for it. Uh, we then get a uh, a merch deal from Jade Cargill and Smart Mark Sterling. Um, Where you, Jeff, yes, you can get ten percent off at shopaw.com on either or or both Jade Cargill shirts. Hey, wow, what a deal! Cheaper at twice the price. Yes. Wow. 
we then have an uh, we then get a segment with uh, MJF, Sean Spears, and Wardlow with Alex Marvez. Everybody abuses Alex Marvez. One day we're gonna get like a heel wrestler who actually appreciates Alex Marvez, and it's gonna be it, like- it, and nobody's gonna know what to do. I would really like that. That's a, that's a really good kind of heel contrarianism is to like uh, be nice to like the guy that all the other guys bully. Right. Like, actually, I mean, I think cool. you know, I mean, why not? I mean, he's just there to, you know, hold a mic and, and, and give you the floor, uh, give, give you the floor. Why are you going to be an asshole to him? I mean, look, they, there needs to be like at least one commentator like this on a good wrestling show. 90s WWE had worm boy Michael Cole. Right. And AEW Dynamite has Alex Marvez. Yeah, there, there is that. He's, he does. He serves a really good, uh, a well in this role. He's good at it. Uh, he's just going to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, MJF tries to, uh, you know, make his excuses for why he beat up Dean Malenko. And uh, that brings out Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. Man, MJF really gets it, dude. I know we say this a lot, but the kid gets it. I mean, the character work is fine. You know, uh, he's a fucking heat-seeking missile. He is. And like the way he presented that, just like I beat Dean Malenko's ass and it's his fault for not getting out of the game. Come on. Right. And so uh, and then uh, Chris Jericho and Jake Hager show up to brawl backstage, which spills into the ringside area. Um, the heels get the upper hand, and then, which brings out, hey, hey it's Sammy Guevara, hey. who seems to be not being injured. He has recovered from his, from his chair shot. It was a stinger. Had a little, they had to shake it off a little bit, rub some dirt on it. Yeah, there you go, like a like a true like dirt. a true youth sports ath- athlete. <laughs> I mean, he does look like uh, many a youth soccer player. He well, no, we we, we named which we, way back in episode one we named which soccer player he is. Oh, which now which one did you name him? I can't. He's Jack Grealish of Aston Villa. Oh, okay. Who will be probably be playing on on Tuesday for England against Germany in the knock? I still. I still pretty much only see Phil and Lil from Rugrats. Fair. I mean, there's nothing else we can uh, we can say about that. Um. So, uh, on that note, we get Miro thanking Jesus again for making his wife flexible. He's the he's the blessed wrestler, the blessler. He, he is the blesser, and he he ra- and he rants and raves about Brian Pillman Jr. Uh so a corollary to this is that, uh, you know, our good friend uh, Dave Ryan of the Days of Thunder podcast made a uh, made a tweet in which he says, in about 45 seconds, Miro did a better wrestling messiah bit than Rollins has managed in like two goddamn interminable years. Sounds about right. Which brings up some dork in his uh, in his mentions. Oh, uh, I didn't see the replies. Can, can, Ooh, let's talk about Twitter. Let's do it. Yeah, can some of you guys ever like something without shitting on something else? Which brought a shut up dork from me, and that one Woo! is getting popular. So you know, I, I finally have now joined the the ranks of those who say shut up dork to <laughs> to to rando responses on Twitter. That's right. See, my influence really is rubbing off on you. I got you being meaner to people on Twitter. We're talking about wrestling less. Like, I really feel like I'm doing a great job here. <laughs> I'm like the uh, Sailor Moon. My work here is done. But you didn't do anything. Yeah, good old, good old tuxedo mask. Yeah, you, you, you are the, definitely you are the tuxedo mask of this podcast. That's actually pretty fucking accurate. <laughs> <laughs> no! Oh my god! 
Oh, no. Holy shit. So, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sidetrack again. So there is another uh, manga slash anime out there called, uh, called uh, Hunter Hunter. I'm familiar with Hunter Hunter. You are familiar with Hunter Hunter. So you are familiar with the fact that it's... I've seen um, a few episodes of the anime. Okay, so you are familiar with the fact that you may be familiar with the fact that the uh, that the uh, the the author of the manga Yoshihiro Togashi uh, frequently has to take um, hiatuses because uh, basically his back is fucked and he has uh, health problems from doing manga because it really okay. is a because okay. it really is a, a a physically demanding thing to to I mean, sit like, you know the, the posture stuff yeah, yeah to yeah. sit at a drawing table and and you know for for years and years but here's the thing he probably doesn't ever have to actually work another day in his life because between the success of his two manga hunter hunter and uh and uh yu yu hako show he also was the creator of that but also his wife was the creator of sailor moon ah now we've got it back in do you think that uh, he would let two younger manga creators spike pile drive him. Uh, probably not. Much I like doubt it. Conan respected FTR enough to let let him uh, uh, take the spike pile driver there. Uh, Conan, I think Bix pointed out, Conan is like waiting on his fourth kidney and has like all kinds of health issues and is almost sixty years old and was just like, yeah, go ahead, FTR, let's do this. I trust you. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I know. I know. I know that Conan, Conan has had a lot of health issues. So. Speaks to how good people in the business know FTR is, right? Because like you're not taking that bump unless you really trust the guys doing it with you. Okay, okay. You know what? I, I, I can buy that. I can. And buy FTR. That. I mean, we know how good those guys are, but it's really cool to see like guys who really you know, are real veterans of the business go. Yeah, these dudes are legit. Our third match of the evening, uh, All Ego, Ethan Page versus Bear Bronson of Bear Country. And holy fucking shit, those masks. Woo, those masks are very cool. Bear oh, Country. my God, those things are fucking frightening. Those are like some of the most frightening things I've ever seen. Like, that is... Something I talked about, like, a couple months ago, that Bear Country could really be, like, a, a legitimate addition to an already really deep tag division. Like, something, like an element that they don't have yet. And, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see what their future is. seems like, uh, I don't know if Bear Boulder's nursing, like, a little injury or something. Because um, it seems like Bronson has been having a few singles matches lately, more than the Bear Country tags. But, right. uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what their future in AEW is. I think there's a lot there. Jesus God, those masks are, like, it, the closest we're ever going to see to, like, somebody actually wearing someone's else's, you know, skin. <laughs> Which, you know, it's oh, like... Okay. It's like the it's like taking the 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 fe- the the uh, the uh, the Bray Wyatt fiend mask to like its logical conclusion. It's like yeah, it's like some real hills have eyes shit, which is kind of their deal. Yeah, it's like, like you know, it, 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 the yeah, it was the new fifty two version of the Joker because it, it, you know when when DC did the new fifty two, uh, the very first issue of Detective Comics from that run had the Joker get his face skinned and then. For the rest of the of that run, he's wearing a mask made of that face, you know, strapped to his face, and it, it, it's rotting and shit. Oh Jesus Christ! You know, <laughs> this is what this reminded me of. My God! You know what? That sounds effective. To me. Oh my God! Uh, this is you know this is why right here and your genuine reaction to something like that is exactly why I think Bear Country has a lot of potential uh, on this program. Uh, because they elicit that kind of genuine emotional response like that. And there aren't guys on the division that bring this particular element to it yet. Uh, all that, so for being, that like, being a big part of that division, I think is going to really bode well. All that being said, 
This is a match in which the picture-in-picture picture really just took me out of the match. The picture-in-picture picture took me out of a lot of stuff on this one tonight. And, you know, I will say, and I think right around Dante versus Seidel is when I realized something about watching the show last night, which I had to go back and watch highlights this morning because I think I had like a sort of match blindness during the program last night due to the energy and the excitement and just the way my brain was working after seeing F9. I couldn't like really tell what was good wrestling and what wasn't good wrestling because nothing was exploding and like there weren't any fast cars <laughs> and like Michelle Rodriguez wasn't there. And so I was kind of just confused by the whole thing. There was no one popping Coronas or talking about family. So like I, I thought it was good, but I couldn't really tell until I had some more distance uh, from Fast and Furious. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. It's um, yeah, I mean, I, I can I can see where that would uh, I can see where that would be the case. Uh, Ethan Page does get the win with another quasi avalanche uh, ego's edge, and then Ethan uh, Page, very strong boy, uh, lifting up Bear Bronson for that ego's edge because Bear Bear Bronson, not a small man. Ethan Page then takes the mic and uh, cuts a promo and challenges Darby Allen to a coffin match on the, yeah! on the July seventh uh, Dynamite from Miami. Um, Stipulation rate uh, matches on Road Ranger now. Uh, uh, if we're oh, that's right, because the uh, the strap match, South Beach strap match. Which, by the way, Jeff, when you Jeff, when you say South Beach strap match to me, and, and you were to ask me to think in my brain of like what a South Beach strap looks like, Jeff, it probably looks like a bikini. <laughs> No, I mean, I would think that it would have, like, you know, some sort of apparatus attached. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's all I'm saying. It's all I'm saying. Is there, like, it, uh, we, can, we can move on. We, we, we can move on. Jeff, is I like coffin matches. Yes. Uh, the absolute disrespect being shown to grave consequences on Twitter last night. I'm not going to call anyone out by name because I do uh, mostly think that this that particular person has has good takes. But yeah, there was one particularly bad tweet about how coffee matches suck. That isn't true. Um, there's a lot of really good coffee matches. I could list off a few. And listeners, if you okay, so if you haven't seen a coffee match before, if you're an AEW fan and you have not, you know, been into coffee matches, uh, the match itself is exactly what it sounds like. There will be a coffin at ringside. The objective is to place your opponent within the coffin and close the lid in order to attain victory. Uh, this is a match type that has been around uh, since pre-Undertaker, right? They've done that. They've used to do it in, like, Texas Deathmatch type of stuff, right? They've had... I actually don't know. I, I don't know. The 80s, I believe there is a history of them before that, and I apologize for not being, you know, uh, um, the most scholarly here on this uh subject but you know my era of wrestling growing up in the 90s it was the undertaker's casket matches the first one i ever remember royal rumble 1994 against yoko zuna that's one that uh stands out for me um obviously grave consequences and its sequel graver consequences two casket matches on uh lucha underground that were absolutely spectacular phenomenal great consequences one of the best matches of the decade I know we bring this up frequently, but uh, I, I really think at some point we really need to take a deep dive 
into just how much Lucha Underground did actually influence uh, the presentation of AEW Dynamite. I will literally talk about Lucha Underground to no end. I used to do it. I had a Twitch series where we were watching Lucha Underground episodes. So, like, I oh, I could talk about Lucha Underground ad nauseum. If, you know, if you're a listener to this podcast and you'd be interested in hearing us, you know, find a way to explore Lucha Underground more in the future, let us know, man. We'll figure something out. Yeah, I don't know if it'll, have to, it'll be on this uh, on this feed, though, because it did used to be a show called Lucha Afterground on this feed. So, yes. um... It's something different. I don't want to necessarily make it like a recap or an episode-by-episode thing, but I feel like there's some there's something we could explore in some form or fashion. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an, in, a definite influence on, on the overall presentation of of things here we then get break in action movies in that ever since it it has directly or indirectly influenced basically everything of its genre in some way shape or form even you know we were talking about the fast and furious a lot like i mentioned at the top of the podcast the fast and the furious literally is the movie point break but with cars instead of surfing but it's the same fucking movie and uh that has spawned what is now you know the biggest and most important movie franchise on the planet uh, and if you watch any, you know, heist movie or, or, or you know, like two-hander action movie of this nature, you're going to see Point Break influences. In yeah, it. You're going to see Captain Bigelow in it. Are, are you really going to see, uh, are you really going to put that above the Marvel movies? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, I am. All right, let, let, let's not go, yeah, I don't want to go too deep dive into this, but okay. I mean, and fair enough, that we, we could have that discussion, you know, another time, but... I, still think you know because i still think the fast and the furious stuff has more mass appeal than the comic stuff i really do mm. i really don't i expect i think internationally too probably mm. i mean it, it's I don't it's, know something, it, it's something worth investigating maybe i think i think fast and furious probably does better in china than the marvel stuff china is a huge investor in the marvel stuff i know but i still it, think it, 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 in fact that's why that's why the character of the ancient one got whitewashed for dr strange right. because the ancient one was actually from tibet in, in, in the comics and you know china there's a heavy chinese investment in the marvel movies as well um, as, as well as the pentagon let's be frank right. so so you're saying that um you know that would be uh like a pretty big deal to your franchise just like you know one of the stars of the movie um apologizing in mandarin for saying that taiwan is a country yeah something like that hmm uh, good point all right that, that, that's a good point <laughs> we then get dueling promos between Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Rebel, and uh, Nala Rose and Vicky Guerrero. And uh, I gotta say, I think Britt and Rebel's one came off better. Well, yeah, but, you know, Britt is on fire and at the top of her game right now. She's kind of doing it. She's firing on all cylinders. She's insanely confident. She believes in herself and her character. Uh, Rebel, just one of the best, like, goofy seconds I've seen in a long time. She's so much fun. She's always just, like, doing the most while Britt's talking. It's right. almost distracting, but it's so much fun, and it does, like, enhance, like, what's going on there to, like, have that other personality there. I'm still excited for this, because I think Vicky and Rebel are going to carry some really fun com comedy stuff, while Britt and Nyla give us some really good wrestling. I think it's going to bring us, you know, two very different elements of pro wrestling. I think it'll blend well, and I'm uh, looking forward to this match a lot. Continuing the women's segment of the program, our fourth match of the evening, Chris Statlander versus Allie the Bunny. And I guess uh, Chris doesn't get uh, the Pixies now. Probably for the best. Tim, I don't think it needs to be an entrance music for multiple wrestlers. It's right. probably for the best that it just stays to be Orange Cassidy's. 
Right. Uh, with that in mind, uh, bad news, uh, as was revealed, uh, Trent Beretta out again for an oh, inter- indeterminate period of time, had uh, neck fusion surgery. Yeah, man, I'm starting to get worried about Trent, even career-wise, man. He's been wrestling a long time. He has, and he's been, and he's missed. He's missed a lot of. Uh, he's missed a lot of dynamite. Yes, Let's he just has. Put it that and, way. Uh, you know, a neck fusion doesn't isn't great for guys who get dropped on their head for a living. I mean, wasn't that what took Shawn Michaels out for four years? I think it might have been, and I think that might have uh, Edge had some sort of thing that's similar, but not the same. Yeah. So, who boy. So uh, yeah, all the best to Trent. Hopefully, he makes a speedy recovery, but his health is most important, obviously. Yeah, indeed. indeed. I'm sure Stu would not let him put himself in any excess danger. No, probably not. And uh, yeah, Dustin, and yeah. So you know, now we so that's gonna derail the whole feud with the wingmen now because um, uh, it might, and that looked like it was just building up a little steam too. So I guess we'll uh, we'll see what what happens with the remaining best friends if they're gonna. Uh, I mean, Orange Cassidy obviously still has his stuff going here, which you know was part of this whole segment, right? And yeah, so let's get back to that. Uh, I, I'm gonna bitch yet again about how the women's match is always the one that they actually cut to commercial to rather than doing a picture-in-picture. Picture. I mean, uh, yet yeah, again. They did, but, you know, because this is live, it's a little more egregious. The taped ones I don't mind because, obviously, they're just they're just taped anyway. So, like, I don't really care when they do that on taped episodes. But on live ones, it does stand out a little bit. It's unfortunate, uh, especially because I want to see more Chris Statlander. She just got back. Like, that's what the people want. She's very popular. And you got um, to give the people what they want, apparently. Yeah, people want to see her wrestle, man. Um, so, yeah, give us more camera time for Stat. In incredible shape. We talked about this before in the strength and conditioning on AEW, man. But it really stands out. She they got actually were talking even better shape. Yeah, they were actually talking about that on the air. Yeah, I mean, if you he... can't not mention it when you see her. She's, yeah. like, you know, going through kind of a similar body transformation, like we've said before, of, you know, people like MJF. Right. But I mean, yeah, they they were mentioning how she's like changed her diet and and, and her regimen and all that. So um, maybe her uh, her alien immune systems have been able to uh, start digesting people uh, human Earth food properly or something. <laughs> so, start digesting people. Wait, what? Yeah. Or, or, or digesting people. I mean, you never you never know. We don't know. Um, and she is. She hasn't really told us a whole, a whole lot. We don't know about her home planet so much. Right. Uh, they try to like. What if she's like the fucking Invincible Dad? What if she's like Omni Man and we just don't know yet? Ooh, spoilers for Invincible. Um, I, mean, I didn't say anything. Well, yeah. right, and you know I read the comics like you know, fifteen years the ago. The Invincible. <laughs> I told you before, the Invincible uh, animated series is really good. Yeah, you, you did say that. I'm I'm I probably really won't watch good. it, but I'm glad you enjoy it. Um, that being said, uh, we we try to get uh the blade you know passing the the brass knucks to. The Alley the Bunny. Uh, Orange Cassidy intercepts it, puts it right in his pocket. That sets up uh, Statlander to hit uh, Big Bang Theory on Alley the Bunny for the win. Afterwards, the hybrid two attack. The Blade gets his knucks back and just socks one right on to, uh, to Orange Cassidy. Yes, he does. And he'll stand tall. Quick uh, other injury notes. I don't know if it's injury related or not, but uh, also conspicuously missing uh, the Butcher, Andy Williams, who... Every time I died, had to pull out of a live thing that they were doing a couple weeks ago. Uh, and he has been off of Dynamite for a little while. So I'm not really sure what's going on with Andy, but all the best. I know he famously um, rescued a, uh, a little bunny 
uh, in his yard. Recently. Yeah, I think you told me. That. Yeah, I think we mentioned that, that here on this show. Very pleasant. I think it was a rabbit, right? Yeah, a rabbit or a goose or something. something uh, yeah. Something like that. Uh, but there, or a duck, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but it was cute. Uh, so there's that. And then um, I did look up the uh, Darius Martin thing uh, earlier while we were talking, and I think it's ACL-related. So, uh, mm, e, uh Not great. Ooh. Not great. Uh, we then get a, uh, a backstage segment with uh, Tony Schiavone and uh, QT Marshall. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of I, like I really just hate this. JR. Great commitment to uh, JR not calling him Marshall is very good. Not doing it. Not doing Won't it. do it. Not going to do it. like George, George HW on SNL. Not going to do it. <laughs> oh, God. Um, not going to do it. Dana Carvey would make a great wrestling manager. Holy shit. Right? Holy shit. <laughs> you imagine? Do you imagine all the things he could do as a wrestling manager? Oh, my God. Do you imagine Church Lady as a wrestling manager? Well, I mean, if he did the he, he could do the turtle guy thing as Mitch McConnell now too. Oh I mean, man, Jesus! I, I, I'm really surprised he hasn't done turtle Mitch McConnell. To be honest with you, that uh, seems like it's that seems like some pretty low hanging fruit. We didn't get a uh, a uh, promo from Brian Pillman Jr., which wasn't great, but got the point across. I don't think it was bad either. And you know, something I was really you know keyed in on is Brian Pillman Jr. really has a pro wrestler's look, man. He's got a really good look. The mullet's great. The uh, the old school style football jersey he was wearing, the whole thing worked. I, I do think he's got just a really good pro wrestling look. Yeah, but he really is overshadowing your your beautiful baby boy here. No one. First of all, you shut your mouth. No one <laughs> overshadows Griff Garrison. Nobody. Well. <laughs> well. How do you cast a shadow over hair that radiates like the sun itself? <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, we didn't get a uh, an interview with Eddie Kingston and Penta El Cerro Miedo. Uh, not in the Joker garb, also not Victor Von Cerro Miedo like we all want. Not but yet. that yeah. red outfit is fucking fly, of course. Red I mean, outfit's good. What what outfit of his isn't fly? Honestly, no, he's got great gear. I mean, one of the many you know things that makes Pentagon work. I, I, how do you still to this day? How do you look at him? And not realize this guy just generate will, will generate mass amounts of money for you. I'm glad you brought that up, Jeff, because we were talking earlier on this very show about inventing types of guys to get mad at. And I'm pretty sure that that's what you're doing here, because I don't think there's anybody that doesn't think that Pentagon is just an absolute mega stuff. I'm pretty sure like everybody knows by now. And if you don't, you should probably just watch a different thing for your entertainment. I don't think I'm making it up, but I mean, it just seems who, like the, the the way he who, was. Who are the people? Who are the people that don't think Pentagon is absolute money at this point? Um, who are these people and where are they? Uh, Tony Khan, for one. How how do you come to that conclusion? Has he been strapped up? I don't think so. Well, that doesn't matter, though. The show's been on for less than two years. This, these are you talking about? Has he had a belt that hasn't even existed for two years yet? Who cares? <laughs> look, man. It? Look, it, has he? Mark the he, fuck out of this with? guy is what yeah, I'm saying. But I, but I have to. This is a, this is a podcast. We're talking about wrestling. This is important. This is what we do, right? So, what is Pentagon doing right now? What is his feud? What is his program? Well, his feud right now is with uh, is with the Young Bucks. Okay, are the Young Bucks the champions right now? Yes, they are. Okay, so he has. A, so you're saying he's got a title match coming up? 
Actually, no, he has an eliminator match. That if he win, if they win, then they they will get a title shot. All right. Which means... main event, right? He's been at multiple main events on this show. Uh, he is one of the most popular with any crowd. He's consistently featured week in and week out. If he's backstage, he's probably appearing on camera almost every time. I just don't see what you're seeing here. I think you're just being a little short-sighted on it. And I think it's pretty easy to do when it comes to stuff in AEW right now because the show hasn't been on that long. We have to take a long view of things. And remember, Pentagon isn't one of the oldest guys on the roster. He's, you know, what, early, mid-30s? He's, what, 31, 32, something like that? Not an old yeah, guy. I, I don't know how. I, I, would guess, I would guess he's mid-30s, to be honest. I think he's either my age or younger. I, I can't be 100% sure about that. Um, you whippersnapper. He is 36. Okay, so 36. Still, uh, by wrestling terms, not super old. Uh, he's got a lot of time, and this is like, you have to take a long view on guys like Pentagon because he's going to fit into the major plans of this program for a long time. And actually, we can bring that up after the main event. Um, another thing that we can, because I sent you a video. We'll talk about that after we get to the I, You sent me a video that I did not get the, a chance to watch, so just for what okay, it's so, worth. Okay, so, so since we're talking about Pentagon, I'll just bring it up. After the show went off the air, Eddie Kingston addressed the crowd, uh, cut about a five-minute promo. You know, one of those send the fans home happy after the show type promos. Um, but, you know, being just full Eddie Kingston and having a lot of fun. But who was at his side there? Pentagon at his side talking about that feud um, with Jungle Boy, uh, with Christian Cage. You know, some of the uh, with Legends, with the main event guy who was just in the title match, Pentagon right there front and center. Uh, I just don't see... Any way that Pentagon isn't being featured or is like not getting his his due, I think he's being kind of programmed just fine. And I don't think anyone's hiding or burying Pentagon. And I certainly don't think that anyone within the brain trust at AEW doesn't see what's going on, like what Pentagon is, is or how good he is. I don't think anyone's overlooking him. Well, I mean, we, we've had a lot of false starts before. So, you know, right. it, it's just... <laughs> This I don't see any false start here either because he's been pretty consistent in his booking despite, you know, whether it's been gone for COVID or a couple of injuries here and there. But when Penta's available, when Penta's healthy, Penta gets work. With that, let's get to our said main event of the evening in which Executive Vice President Kenny Omega versus Jungle Boy for the AEW World Championship. Um the match starts off with uh, Doc Gallows and uh, Marco Stunt getting into it, which leads to both Jurassic Express and the Good Brothers getting ejected. Yes, everyone got bounced. A little old school right at the top of the match. I really like that. Kind of gave it that big match feel, that big old school Saturday night main event feel. This is something that would happen in, you know, in a match from that era. Right. Uh, so this is a cool way to start it. Yeah, Everton guy really was pretty animated uh, by this point. I couldn't. The only fan I could look at, was uh was Joe Biden 2020 guy? What a hero! Just the guy wearing the Joe Biden campaign I, I, T-shirt. I did see that. I, I did just see like, that. Just woke up in the morning. You're like, I'm I'm in the front row today. So you know, like you you're you're hard cam. You're front row. You're on the stage. You know exactly what's going on. You know people are going to see you on camera. So it's like a very conscious decision to be like, oh yeah, I'm wearing my Joe 2020 shirt. I'm riding with Biden, baby. <laughs> um. <laughs> I, I was just thinking about, like, Joe Biden, and, like, I want to know, like, what Joe Biden's knowledge or exposure to wrestling is. And I I think it's probably something like, uh, yeah, we go down Delaware, uh, you know, down at the local, uh, uh, at the fairgrounds, and we had wrestling over there. Of course, back then, the Irishman couldn't touch the Italians, but... Uh, <laughs> 
I, I would be willing to bet that Barack Obama watched wrestling as a kid. Uh, let's see. So Obama's about, what, close to 60? So when he was young... Yeah, I could probably see him. It, oh, was, he, still, it, it was still very he, territorial, but... Yeah, and he was in Hawaii as a kid, so yeah. Yeah, he probably has some memories of High Chief Peter Maivia or right. like someone like someone adjacent to the Anoa'i dynasty. Right, well, I mean, I, I, mean, I don't think it's a, too much of a stretch to say that he, he was probably exposed to wrestling because, I mean, remember, too, that um, uh, one of the thing, earliest things that came out about Obama once he got elected uh, culturally about him was that he was a huge fan of Conan, you know, the, 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 uh, the Marvel uh, Conan comics, especially Savage Sword, the, the black and white magazine, you know, right. so... Well, let me be clear. Uh, if you like your savage sword, uh, you can keep it. <laughs> oh, wow, that's a deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> um, overall, this match was really good. I, I just want to say this match was really good. This and, is the and, one where I regretted my match blindness the most, where I was still just thinking about cars and explosions and Michelle Rodriguez. And I was still in that headspace. And this is where I regret it the most. Cause I did recognize that this match was very, very good. Also one where the picture in picture took me out of it. I really was when they picture in picture this one, I was like, no. Yeah. No! Yeah. I was a little miffed about that myself, but <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I thought that, you know, and even, you know, we had like, off to the side, we had the Good Brothers trying to to start shit again, but then we had Jurassic Express and Frankie Kazarian come back out. Great, um, Frankie Kazarian's little run-ins have been very effective. I hear a lot of good chatter about that. Uh, the character's working. The Elite Hunter thing is is going over really well. He is really dedicated to it. Uh, he it feels personal. You know, he comes in with these just vicious, just really fast attacks. No entrance music, no bullshit. Just getting right down to it. I really like that. Yeah. Um. It was a good match. We knew the result going in, though. I mean, oh, we, yeah. We, we knew that there was no way that they were going to pull, uh, well, a Brody Lee, let's be honest. But I mean, they, I, I will tell you, those those couple of false finishes, they had a couple that were very good, very close, despite they were just enough to take you out of it in that moment. Yeah, just and, enough that during that two and a half seconds of pinfall count that you can believe. And that's all you really need. If just during those small windows you forget and you suspend your disbelief right there, then the match works. Well, I mean, let, let's face it. I think we also all know we don't think that that Jack Perry is ready for you know a title run. And here's the, the thing: at the top I'm of glad. the company. Good, good. He's not, and he shouldn't be. He's 24 fucking years old, right? He's already had what two title shots now? Uh yeah. What what one a piece? One apiece. And I don't know if he, well, three, I guess, if you want to count uh, tag title shots. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the main the main belt. At 24, already having two title shots. No, this no, 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 no. This is his first world title shot. Right, right. We, we went over this already. Yeah. All right. Um, but to, to, you know, be in the positions he's been in, uh, you know, in his uh, short time here, uh, this is going to be a really great match to sort of give him a reset, right? He got his, his a clean loss. Uh, it was, despite you know, a little bit of shenanigans, not like enough shenanigans to say that it wasn't, you know, clean, right? Right. Uh, he did get the clean, the clean victory. There was no schmaz finish. Uh, but Jungle Boy looked great, is on the mind of the fans. But you can kind of put him to the back of the line of the title scene for now. And you don't even need to put him back there for, honestly, another couple of years if you don't want to. 
Uh, and that's fine. He's going to have a lot of great matches in between. He's got Jurassic Express to lean on. We're going to see nothing but better things. And something Eddie Kingston said during his little five-minute post-show promo, uh, you know, he, get, he I don't like putting people over. I think it's weird. Uh, but this kid right here is the future of this company and this sport. And he's right. All right. Cool. I, I, again, I didn't get a chance to watch it. So the Eddie, Eddie Kings, or not Eddie King, I'm sorry. Uh, Jungle Boy, MJF, Darby Allen, Ricky Starks. These are the guys that, you know, in seven, eight, nine years will be at the top of that roster. Uh, after the match, uh, Kenny Omega does try to do a post-match attack with the belt on Jungle Boy and gets uh, intercepted by Christian Cage, uh, who then gets... Uh, waylaid by both the combined party family office and the young bucks you know enemies enemies of enemies friends and whatnot yeah all, all, all that works the other way too i guess the, the hardy family office grouping is so interesting to me i like the hybrid too and i like the butcher and the blade and i like private party like these are just like all teams that i really like and all together is there, there is a lot of stuff you can do here so i do think this is cool um so i i had a thought about something that we we could get like kazarian again we could get a uh, a tag match with the Bucks against uh, Kazarian and Cage. Ooh, oh, that's fine. Oh, oh, I have a so I have a, a team name for them. Cage Zarian. No, uh, Christian and Frankie. Christian uh, AF. <laughs> Christian AF. Uh, yep, yep. Golf clap. Uh, uh, if you're listening to the podcast and your hands aren't full, golf clap for Jeff. Let's go. <laughs> Give it to him. Give it to him. With that, we end episode 84 of uh, of AEW Dynamite. So uh, we will have an episode on Wednesday, and we will have an episode on Wednesday. You're damn right we will. We're going back to Wednesday nights, baby. You know what that means. And also... It's going to be late at night when we record this, and I'll be really stoned. <laughs> and also, I think, I'm looking at this, I think that since... the so Wednesday's episode is going to be the end of the Jacksonville era now because of this. Wednesdays uh, will still be Wednesdays is going to be at Daily's place. Right, but that will be the end of the Jacksonville era. Like that'll be that, 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 that they're doing like a a fan appreciation night. It is also the end of this notebook that I've been writing my notes in. Uh this is like the third notebook that I've yeah. uh that I've filled up since wow. uh, since starting this show. And, so much content. And now, yeah, so this is like the end of the third notebook, and it, it, it couldn't be perfect. I'll get a, a fresh new notebook for the start of you know, the, the traveling new show. Venues, new night, same time, we're ready to go. Also, it's going to be weird having to get used to the idea of when I'm when I'm doing the episode titles on when I, when I post the shows, uh, having to remember that, oh, yeah, this is not in Jacksonville anymore. <laughs> Yes, but I'm pretty sure it'll be easy to remember because they're going to make a very big deal out of being in different locations <laughs> for a few weeks. Um, I'm sure it's, it's going to be really interesting to see set designs in different arenas again, uh, you know, and, and to see what they do for all these specials for uh, Road Rager, Fighter Fest, and Fight for the Fallen. So we got a lot of really interesting stuff coming up here. A whole month of special BGTDs to go along with these special Dynamite episodes. Oh, well. boy. Yeah. And boy, I. I we're going to do a deep dive into into our, our musical knowledge here. Um, oh, we're going to ask. As if tonight's wasn't, you know, a deep dive as it was. But And you know what? Let's. Uh, this would be a great time to say this. If you have any suggestions for uh, 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 Boom Goes the Dynamite title music, 
please send them to us at BGTD Podcast on Twitter. Yeah, because we are going to have to, um, you know, as we come up on episode 100, um, that, that will be, you know, within, you know, the next four months. So typically, you know, so I, I think it was episode 50 or 51 where we transitioned from the ACDC to the BTS theme. And oh, it sounds like around there. So now the BTS theme, I mean, that one kind of got hosed because then we went to Saturdays for a good while and we had, we kept doing different different ones there. We came back and then we, we did the BTS theme for the one Wednesday night show that we actually were able to do. And then they screwed it. And then they screwed us again. So I don't know. Do we keep the BTS theme for now? Because another thing that I'd like to hear from, if you're listening and you have uh, feedback on that, tell us at BGTD podcast. I think because uh, I, I would like to keep the BTS. Yeah, no, no, would... This is an army podcast. Maybe we'll just do butter for a while. Who knows? Yeah. But what does butter have to do? Dynamite. Who cares? That's the whole the whole point of it. It was di- it's called dynamite. <laughs> it slaps though. Jesus. I don't know. I actually haven't heard it, so despite the fact well, despite the fact I live with, you know, two major BTS fans, I have not heard this song. So. Uh, great time to say stream butter. <laughs> All right, this show has gone on longer than I thought it would. Paul, go <laughs> ahead and plug yourself. Twitter, cool step uncle on Twitter, twitch.tv slash thick flare. And uh, that's about it. Okay. This podcast, which I just said, BGTV podcast on Twitter. Okay. All right. And then uh, you can find me at Strong Saw Story without the E in style on Twitter. Um, my personal Twitter at GD Wessel. No other shows this week because this is a Sunday. So I don't have any other shows this week. Um, like Sunday morning that this podcast is being recorded on. That's right. Except now it's afternoon, my time. Wow. We did it. Which means it's, it's time to start drinking. Thanks. So, uh, Paul, any last words before we go back to Wednesdays finally? Family. <laughs> I can barely hear that, but okay. We'll see you on Wednesday.